0: Hello and welcome to the Art of Adoption podcast, a place to share and listen to stories about adoption and to raise awareness and remove any stigma surrounding adoption. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people about how foster care and or adoption has uniquely shaped each of them as they share the good, the not so good, and the art of it all. I am your host, Amber White. Hello, hello. I hope you are all doing well. I know I am because my house is finally done. So things are slowly getting back in order and I am Marie condoing the crap out of my home right now. Do you know what that is? If not, just look up Con Marie Method or Marie Kondo or just watch it on Netflix because. I'm now walking around my house asking all of my family if something sparks joy or not. And then they give me really weird looks because they see me saying thank you to things and then putting them in boxes or bags to be given away. <laughs> uh, you'll get it if you see the show. It's pretty funny. So, did you guys all remember to spring forward? I always hated losing an hour, but the older I get, The more I love it because I know that it brings more daylight and it also brings springtime so I love that because I love how spring brings new life to the world but my favorite holiday is still fall and it always will be You guys, if you know of somebody who would be interested in listening to this podcast, please send them my way. There are plenty of ways that they can find me. They can find me at Facebook at the Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. And they can also email me anytime at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. And of course, you can tell them that they can find me anywhere they listen to their podcasts, or by going to www.artofadoptionpod.com. And if you want to leave a comment or have a question about anything, adoption, foster, or life related, you can do so by calling 720-722-2839 and leave me a message there. You may hear it answered on a show. In today's story, you will hear about a woman from South Carolina who started out fostering kids a few years ago and ended up adopting her son a few years after that. Rhonda and I connected over the Fosterinos and Adoptorinos group on Facebook, and I really enjoyed interviewing her, and I hope that you enjoy her story today, too.
1: Here is Rhonda. It's me and my husband, and I have a... 18-year-old daughter who's in college. We have a 7-year-old son that we adopted through foster care two years ago. We have three foster children right now. The youngest are 14 months and 22 months. We have a 9-year-old foster daughter also.
0: I wanted to jump in here and say that Rhonda emailed me just this week to let me know that she had an update And on December 14th of 2018, her and her hubby officially adopted the two younger girls. That is such great news. Now, back to your story.
1: This is my second marriage. My daughter who's 18, was from my first marriage. After my husband and I had been married a while, we had some tests done and we found out that he wasn't able to have children biologically. So after a while, we decided to look into different options. So we first were licensed to adopt through foster care and weren't really getting anywhere with that. So a coworker of mine is a therapeutic foster parent And she suggested that maybe we do that.
0: Therapeutic foster care or treatment foster care is out of home care by foster parents with specialized training to care for a wide variety of children and adolescents, usually those with significant emotional, behavioral, or social issues or medical needs.
1: So I called and and talked to them and we were first licensed as therapeutic and we had one therapeutic placement. Um, And then after that, we decided that we didn't want to do therapeutic and we um, had our license transferred to regular foster care and we've had 18 placements total. As I've said
0: before. When CPS gets involved in a case, they will typically try to place the child or children with kin or family. Sometimes it happens so fast, though, that they are placed in an available non-kin foster home first or while the biological mother and father work on their reunification plan. When a child
1: comes into foster care, they do try first to ask parents, Is there anyone else that can take the child they don't have to come into foster care? But if they have to come into foster care, the parents receive a plan and the parents have to work that plan to be able to get the child back. And in the meantime, they're also looking for relatives that would be able to take the child. And that's where most of our placements when they left us, that's where most of them went, was to a a relative that they were able to find and and could pass a home study and be able to go to them.
0: Rhonda's son had no relation to her. I asked how long she had fostered him before the adoption. We had
1: him for three years before we were able to adopt him. He's been with us for five years.
0: Three years seemed extremely excessive to me. I now know, at least here in Colorado, that the birth parents have around one year to seek help and treatment in order to get their children back. But three years? I
1: think three years was a bit long for him. There really wasn't any reason for it to take that long other than sometimes it's just slow. I guess the, the ones we have now have gone a lot quicker. It depends sometimes on the caseworker, whether, you know, they're just going to wait around till someone tells them what to do or if they're going to be more kind of aggressive about it, like the parents aren't doing anything. We need to move this case along.
0: I am a big advocate for open adoption. That is no secret. However, there are cases when a closed adoption is actually what is in the best interest for the child.
1: It is closed. I read a lot about open adoptions, and I do try to read as much as I can, you know, to know what's best and try to figure that out. The caseworkers that were involved, you know, were really adamant that it would not be in his best interest due to his birth mother's mental health just to not have any contact. Which is a sad thing because he's gonna have a lot of questions that I'm not gonna be able to, to answer. Right now there's no questions, but I know that, that they will come.
0: I asked if she had obtained any information at all that she could provide him in
1: the future. Before you officially have the child as an adoptive placement, even though like he he was with us as a foster placement for years, but for him to become an adoptive placement, they had to prepare a, um, I forgot what they call the book, but there's a, a big binder of, it's supposed to be all the information that they have with names retracted out of it that they have to review with us before we officially sign for him to be an adoptive placement. Um, and we do get that book. So we do have some information. It's it's definitely not as thorough as I thought it would be. (laughs) But, you know, we do do have some, and now with the Internet, you can find a lot of stuff, and I'm sure (laughs) 10 years from now, I can't even imagine how much we're going to be able to find on anyone.
0: (laughs) And then I asked about her current foster kids as well.
1: The older of the two babies i i have communicated with her biological grandmother that's all that i really have contact information for so i'm hoping to be able to keep that line of communication going throughout the years she didn't have any visits with her birth parents so there really wasn't an opportunity to even you know try to meet someone the grandmother had asked the caseworker if i would call her and so we we just kind of text every once in a while And then um, the younger of the two, we don't know where her birth mother is. So I have no information. I think if you can and are able to, you know, to have those connections, it's really great. For sure.
0: As she said, they have had several placements over the years. She explained to me how hard it is and was to say goodbye when and if the time comes.
1: I think each one is is different. Uh, We've had... A lot of babies, and I think babies are very hard (laughs) because they need so much contact constantly or holding them, giving them bottles, especially when you're getting newborns that had prenatal drug exposure. You know, they want to be held all the time. So you really get very attached to them very quickly. It's heartbreaking. Even if if you know where they're going is good and you understand it, it's still heartbreaking when they leave. You get attached to older children too. I think babies, it just kind of comes a little bit quicker sometimes. They're cute and they need so much and they don't have, you know, they they cry because they're hungry or or whatever it is, but, you know, they don't have behaviors. They're not hitting other children and (laughs) throwing things on the ground. It's different with with each child sometimes you know we've had especially a baby leave and i tell my husband we're not doing this again get rid of the baby stuff and then i'll, I'll say don't put it up just leave it <laughs> just leave it alone just keep it right there just in case and then you get another call and it happens all over again now's the
0: time to reap what i've shown. your words echo
1: We've had some breaks sometimes it just seems to come a little quicker when when someone's calling you and you know it's always ha- it's hard to say to say no when you're getting calls about a child that needs somewhere to go It's okay to be upset and sad about it I think sometimes people want to be I signed up for this so I'm just gonna you know I can't show emotions and I'm not like that I'll I'll cry at work. <laughs> And that's okay. I mean, I think the children need you to become attached to them and to love them and be upset when they leave.
0: Attachment describes a young child's tendency to seek comfort, support, nurturance, and protection selectively from at least one adult caregiver. In recent years and in recent studies, it shows that it is imperative for children and foster parents to form healthy attachments to each other, no matter how long the child is placed with you. In the ideal quote-unquote child-centered model, the foster parent's role is to become an attachment figure for the young child. In addition to providing food, clothing, shelter, foster parents provide love and attention as if the child were their own. In this approach, Psychological safety and security are just as important as the physical safety of the child.
1: So We've been fostering for six years, I think it's almost seven, and it's been a change to where at the beginning they would say, um, to, you know, don't get attached, don't get attached. Now they're not saying that anymore, thankfully.
0: <laughs> With all of the change that happens, I asked Rhonda what their support system looks like.
1: We don't have family that lives nearby, which makes things a little harder when you have kids. But I think everyone's been supportive. You know, I know that, you know, my my mom doesn't like when I get my heart broken and I'm crying to her and she can't do anything about it. I know that's hard for her. I think they've all been really, really supportive. And, you know, they do ask, are you guys done now? (laughs) Like, I I don't know. (laughs) We've have a really strong support group from our church. We have a lot of foster parents. You know, we're kind of a a group that does things together and are able to, you know, I'm going away for the weekend. Can you take this kid? Can you take this kid? And, you know, everyone tries to, to help each other out. And it's nice to have that group of people that really understand what you're going through because they're either going through the same thing or they've gone through it before. If you're not in that world, you don't quite understand it the same way. Having people we know we can call and cry to or whatever we need to, or tell them how mad you are about whatever it is. And it's really been great since we've made these connections. I also
0: wondered how their daughter felt about them fostering.
1: When we started fostering, she was 12 and she was not a big fan at the beginning she'd been an only child for 12 years <laughs> yeah that was it was pretty hard for her um to have to share her mom but now that she's older i, I think she's just kind of used to it now <laughs> i think once she started really growing up then she started to get really attached we had a, a couple of different babies that she got very attached to and was just as devastated when they left, but I'm I'm hoping you know that this has taught her a lot of stuff that will stick with her when she gets older. And actually, she's going um, to school to be a psychiatrist. So, what
0: surprised them most about their experience as foster parents?
1: A lot of it's surprising, especially when it's it's different states. When you read stuff online or you read books about it, and then it's. That's the way it is in your head. And then when you actually start doing it, you realize, oh, okay. You know, you you say, well, don't you do that? We don't do that here, not here in the state. So the whole thing has been an eye-opener. In the last couple of years, they've made some new, I guess, laws and policy changes and stuff with DSS here. A lot of good things, which probably in other states have been into effect for years. It's just now happening here. So it just seems like common sense things to most people. But <laughs> if it's not a law, they're not going to do it. So uh, there's been good changes that have happened recently. It's nice to see those things actually happening. I'm on my way. I think the whole thing was just very foreign. Even the home study, even the fire marshal coming to the house, everything just seemed like really <laughs> uh, you let I've had a kid like for you know a long time and no one's ever come to make sure my windows are big enough but okay <laughs> and I understand why. I understand you know why they do the things they do. It's just you don't think about it. You don't ever think to check your smoke detectors once a month and I mean you check them when you're supposed to but not you don't have fire drills every three months in your house. It's true
0: I always wonder or think that it would be nice if every parent had to do at least some of what we have to do to even get approved to become a parent or a foster parent. We had to draw out our fire escape plan, like the ones that you see hanging up in your office building or apartment buildings or in hospitals, and Rhonda
1: did too. We have to keep it posted, so I'm like, I guess we'll frame it and make it part of our decor.
0: (laughs) Everyone has different experiences and different strengths and weaknesses, like me. I hated all of the paperwork, but Rhonda
1: I guess that part never bothered me. I, I know they, they make you fill out a lot of stuff. I guess I like to write. I don't know. That part was, I guess, the easiest, just writing your name and address and <laughs> stuff a bunch of times. that That's the easiest part. Everything else was, was a lot more difficult.
0: If there was anything Rhonda could change about the system or the process, what would that be? Like for me, it was streamlining or
1: expediting the process a
0: bit. And I actually agree with how Rhonda puts it.
1: I guess it's a fine line. I think it does need to be quicker for the children, but I understand why you wouldn't want it to be too quick. If it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, I think they need to start really looking at at what's going to happen and start getting those things into place, especially when the children are older. I think when they're, they're little, they don't know, so it's not a big deal. Like my son, he didn't know. I mean, we told him you're going to be adopted. We're adopting you. And he's like, okay. He did not understand what that meant. And as far as he could remember, he's just been here with us. To him, it didn't matter. But for a child that's a little older and they know, you know, they need stability and that promise that this is forever.
0: If you're feeling down or weak, you can always count on me. I will
1: always You know, if you think back of when you were in elementary school, you felt like the school year was so, so long. So one year to a child feels like a very, very long time. And I bet, you know, might be a little too aggressive. But if it's been, let's say, six months, and the birth parents have done nothing, completely nothing, haven't seen the child, nothing. I think they need to start going to termination. If they started to do stuff, you know, they're going to business, I mean, that makes it a little bit different. But if they've done nothing, I don't understand why, why are we gonna wait six more months for them to do nothing? From what I've seen, if they're going to do what they need to do, they start it right away and they do it. Otherwise, they, they just don't. We really haven't had very many reunifications, but the ones who did started their stuff right away and actually they finished early. They got everything done right away. And the other ones weren't doing anything at all, or they, they'd go to one and then skip a whole bunch. You know, if they're if they're not committed to it, it's, I think, rare for them to all of a sudden have a turnaround and become committed, you know, nine months in.
0: Of course, nothing is guaranteed. In our case, the biological parents did show up to parenting time and they were making progress, although it was very slow and the bare minimum. And then one day out of the blue, they decided it was too much. So you truly just never know what is going to
1: happen. You just never know what's gonna happen. I think that's the only advice I could give. (laughs) Be prepared to not be prepared. I've known people who have adopted their first two placements, you know, and I've known other people who had multiple, multiple, multiple placements and they, you know, did not have the opportunity to adopt any of the children. But at the same time, when there are birth parents that are working to do what they need to do to get their children back, you, you know, even though you do become attached to the child, you're still, you root for them too because you want them to do good even though you're going to be very sad when when the child leaves. So there's a lot of a lot of emotions.
0: That seems to be one of the hardest parts about fostering across the board, especially if you're hoping to adopt someday. The double-edged sword is what I call it. You are rooting for their parents to get better and to succeed with their reunification plan, but You know that if they do that, it's going to inevitably lead to your heartbreak. You are doing the right thing by loving this child for whatever amount of time you have them, if it's for one year or forever. If you aren't in it, though, it is extremely hard to understand those
1: dynamics. I've had friends and coworkers and say, why are you talking to that child's birth parent? Because that's their birth parent and they're doing what they need to do. And I need to be encouraging to them. That would be awful not to be. And, and it's hard. I know at the beginning you're trying to communicate with someone you don't know. And that probably did things that you don't think are good decisions. But sometimes you do have to suck it up and act like an adult.
0: And that leads us to Rhonda's Could You Not? And if you've listened to my other episodes, you will notice the ongoing theme here.
1: I've had a few people, not very many, thankfully, when I'm talking about a child, they'll say, is that your real child? And I'm, you know, I try to catch myself before, you know, I glare at them too much and say, nicely, the first time, they're all real children. Do you mean, is that my biological child? <laughs> I find that very offensive. I don't know why anyone would say that. If you see anyone in a store or whatever and they have a bunch of kids with them maybe it seems like a lot of kids to you and and they don't the kids don't match don't ever give anyone dirty looks (laughs) for that whether they're foster parents or not it doesn't matter i can't tell you how many um times i've had People stare at us and then start giving me these nasty, dirty looks (laughs) constantly. So yeah, that upsets me too. The first time I was getting glared at in line to see Santa, I could not figure out why the woman was glaring at me I went to my husband I'm like the lady is staring at me and she's giving me dirty looks why is she doing that he he was like I think you know she's trying to figure out what's going on usually people look anyways because it's just a lot of kids but then they kind of just don't stop <laughs> and uh obviously the little kids don't really notice they don't care but the older they get They will. They will notice. My daughter, who's 18, she definitely notices when people stare at us and glare at her. She won't push strollers for me ever because she starts getting dirty looks. Even if it was her baby, why are you giving a stranger a dirty look? (laughs) You shouldn't.
0: I asked Rhonda for her words of wisdom for anyone planning on starting the fostering process.
1: People who want to foster and want to maybe adopt from foster care really need to keep in mind to the amount of kids with different kinds of issues like ADHD, mental diagnoses and, and things like that. You know, it's it's hard if you haven't dealt with it before and, you know, trying to find out as much information as possible beforehand, just so, you know, you're kind of more aware and can maybe notice signs earlier to get the kids the the help that they need. If they're coming into foster care, most of the time they weren't in a good situation and all of that can really have effects on them as they grow and even babies. A lot of that stuff doesn't start showing up until kind of three, four, and five.
0: Listen, you are the advocate for that child when he or she is in your care. You may need to ask their caseworker for resources or certain therapies for the child and the caseworker may push back but you have to push back even harder now don't be too aggressive though you have to approach it in a diplomatic way because everyone is working together for the best interest of the child so try to get as much support from anyone and everyone as you can
1: It's not something you can do on your own you have to have support even if it's just someone to listen to you complain about whatever it is you're dealing with things that a lot of times you don't know how to deal with and you have to look for support and help if you can get help and you know it does take more than just you yourself doing it because it's a it's a hard job
0: Thank you to Rhonda for sharing your story with me here, and congratulations on your two adoptions this past December. Such an amazing outcome. And I asked Rhonda about the nine-year-old girl she was fostering, and she said that she is no longer with them, but they do currently have two sisters who are moving to an adoptive home soon to be with their brother. And Rhonda and her husband do plan to continue to foster. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to another amazing story. You can find me on Facebook at the Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can also email me anytime at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. If you want to leave a comment or have a question about anything, you can leave me a message by calling 720-722-2839 and you may hear your question answered on the show. The theme song, Forever Home, was written and produced by my friend, David Other. Find him on Facebook or at davidother.com. Artwork, production, and editing of this show is done by me, Amber Way. Tune in next week for another unique story. And please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. If you enjoy what you hear, tell your friends. And please rate and review me on iTunes. Hopefully with five stars. And in honor of National Women's Day this past Friday, I leave you with this. The willingness to listen, the patience to understand, the strength to support, the heart to care, and just to be there. That is the beauty of a lady. Please have a fantastic week. Goodbye.